Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Cave. This is your host, Sports Cave David, my co-host Lucas Mays. On Thank God it's Fantasy Football Friday. It is Friday. We're ready to talk fantasy football. Lucas, how are you doing this, this morning? I'm doing great, bro. I'm actually kind of hungry. I didn't eat breakfast yet. We're doing this really early. Uh, yeah, I did. I'm thinking about your catering company, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. Um, we're doing this early because I am getting ready for my catering um, event I'm doing on Saturday. Illegal chefs, if you guys know anyone that needs catering, uh, let me know. Um, but uh, we're going to jump right into this. Um, I'll let you jump it off first. Go go right ahead, Lucas. All right, for sure. So uh, a couple sleepers for this weekend. And uh, why not start with this guy, someone that we're going to know very well, that we're Charger fans. But uh, we're probably not going to like it. And it's going to be Darren Waller. Darren Waller tied in for um, the Raiders, of course. And really just because... Darren Waller is so fast, but I, I really don't know if I trust this Chargers defense right now. They just gave up a, a touchdown and and some points to Albert O last week against the Broncos after coming out so dominant. I don't trust them at all. And Anthony Lynn said that he wanted to take over the play calling a little bit on defense. He said that he has to. Well, I don't even know who would match up well against Darren Waller this week. And um, so I just, I just like him a lot. And um, he only had seven points last week. It was a really bad weather game against Cleveland, and the wind was insane. I think this is a bounce-back week for Darren Waller um, in the in the kind of the dome thing in, in L.A. I know you're not going to like this, but I think he's going to bounce back. Well, you've been on Darren Waller's nuts for a while. And I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't blame you because I have been too. Um, he saved my fantasy output uh, last year when he reemerged, um, and the year before that was Jared Cook. So I'm, I've been on Raider tight ends, unfortunately. But um, this one, I don't know. I'm a little iffy on. Um, I'm trying to stay unbiased here. But um, um, I keep on forgetting that guy's name. Ch- uh, Tremaine Campbell, uh, the guy who's stepping up, right? Is that number 37 for the Chargers? Is, I forgot uh, his yes, name yes. is Campbell, right? Yes. Um, he's getting all the slot looks. And if they're running like a two wide receiver outside and, and Darren Waller's in the slot, then, yeah, I do not trust the Chargers defense at all. I'm not a big fan of Tremaine uh, uh, I can't. I don't know his first name. I'm just gonna say Campbell. I don't really trust Campbell a lot. He's the one who gave up that. Uh, well, that play, the last play, Denver Broncos. There was a lot of things going on, but he was the one I believe who got the pass interference um, with one second left. Um, I do like uh, Kazir White though. Mm, yes. As, as a, he used to play safety back in college, so uh, I, I kind of trust him more as a linebacker over than Campbell, but. Um, if Gus, if Anthony Lynn's taking over uh, play calling, I don't know what that brings because Gus Bradley pretty much lets everything go. And if we had the lead, which is a most likely thing, and it's the fourth quarter, they're going to go to their go-to guy, so Darren Waller. So I, I guess I'll agree with you on this one. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like it at all for uh, for him to have a good game. But um, Darren Waller is – you've seen him on Hard Knocks. He, this dude is like came from nothing. And um, I personally – he's one of my favorite tight ends, which I hate. But, um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. He is a big sleeper, and um, I would pay for him in uh, day one fantasy. I'm going to go and jump, um, um, piggyback on the Raiders, but I'm going to go with the sit-ums. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit both Josh Jacobs and Nelson Elgalar. Um, Josh Jacobs, I, uh, who I also really like, is questionable. And even if he is um, playing, I think they're going to kind of uh, baby his injury or kind of stay kind of away from him. Um but him healthy is pretty dangerous. Like, this dude ran 31 times. Like, I'm, I would be injured, too. Just reading, rushing for 31 times just makes me want to put ice on my calves. Like, um, and the Chargers' um, run defense has been improving a little bit more. Um, so, I, I I don't like Josh Jacobs in this matchup. And I'm going to go with Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Aguilar. Aguilar. I hate, yeah. the way they, I hate the way his name is. I hate it so much. His last name, the way it's spelled. I just hate it. I don't know why. I just hate it so much. But, um. Again, um, he wasn't able to make an impact. I know uh, last week it was against Cleveland. It was windy. Um, I think also Derek Carr is going to struggle. And this is I'm trying to be as unbiased as I possibly can. But um, I don't think Nelson Aguilar is the guy there. I, I rather would go with the Hunter Renfro um, or slot Ruggs. guy or, uh, or even Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I think Nelson Aguilar is the third um, option here. And, yeah, he had a good game week seven. He, had to, he bust out 21 points. When was the last time you, you read that? Nelson Aguilar busted out 21 points of fantasy. Before that, he had two back-to-back 14 games, and then before uh, that, the first four games he had uh, – first four, the first three games he had less than 10. So very inconsistent. Uh, I know he's been heating up. The number is insane. But uh, this is, uh, these rivalry games are, are just built different, really. Um, I'm real excited to see this game. I'm nervous, anxious. But um, I, I believe that um, Casey Hayward are um, 
or uh, don't Michael Davis could handle uh, Nelson Aguilar if he lines up at the one or two spot. But um, I, I'm more afraid of Hunter Renfro. I think he's more of a sleeper. But, yeah, I'm not liking Josh Jacobs or Aguilar. Yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs was force-fed last week, so he may be a little bit banged up from that. 31 carries or 31 attempts for 129. So he was averaging about 4.2 yards per carry. Wasn't the most efficient back, but the way that they force-feed him, um, I imagine he's going to get touches. So I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I think that the way John Gruden is and – PPR leagues nowadays, um, it's just so valuable to just be able to get those touches. So if he's if he's going to play, I would say he his floor is a low end flex. So I would find a way to put him in. Um, one day leagues though, he's probably going to be a little bit more expensive. Probably have better options out there. So when we get to the DraftKings lineup, um, I will tell you that. But I will give you guys some really nice running backs for a sleeper and uh, some really deep sleepers. And you're probably not going to like this, but I got some Jets on here. I got LaMichael P. Ryan and Frank Gore. Now, you're probably saying, what the hell am I talking about? And really, um, I don't know. But at the same time, I look at the New England Patriots, and they're really bad rush defense. They're, their opponents run the ball against New England more than any other team in the league. So or um, they, they're, they're the team that needs to be beat on the ground. And they give up about 140 rushing yards per game. That's 27th in the league. And um, they're just in the bottom half of every major statistical category on the ground. So I'm thinking that this is going to be shaping up to be some kind of uh, game for LaMichael Pirine or Frank Gore. I would rather lean towards Pirine just because I like the younger guy, but either or in a really low-end fl- uh, flex, if you're really going to go heavy somewhere, um, I really like these two guys. I think they have a lot of upside. Going against New England, you're going to want to go and run the ball, but also you don't want to have to force anything. Sam Darnold, um, if he's if he's uh, playing, he's not going to be wanting to force against Stephon Gilmore against this the strength of the defense, which would be the secondary. And the weakness of New England is a glaring weakness. So I don't understand why you wouldn't uh, share the ball to Michael Pirine and, and Frank Gore, uh, a type of situation where it's going to be a force feed. And I think that they're actually going to produce. Um, the Jets are a terrible team, but this this New England team is just as bad as far as um, getting wins and, and closing out games. So I think that there is a huge upside there. Um, I'm going to tell you where you're wrong here. Okay. <laughs> um, I would agree with you if literally anyone else was the head coach, but Adam Gase is pretty much just oh, winging it. He's that like is so me, fair. He's like, he's like me on winging and wing Wednesday. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. This guy, um, Frank Gore, he only had 10 touches. Um, he's only playing about less than 40% of the snaps. The most, the most carries he had was 21 and that was against San Francisco. Um, Frank Gore, I don't know if, I, I haven't seen nothing much from him. Maybe because I haven't been watching the Jets, but statistic-wise, he, I, I think he's a little bit past his prime. Obviously, this dude has been bouncing around the league. You know that. He, he still looks like you, you think he still had it, but the New York Jets are just a cancer of the NFL. Um, LaMichael Perny, uh, Perny, whatever the hell you say his Pirine. name. Uh, Pirine. Um, I, I don't, I, this guy is talented. Don't get me wrong. I think this guy has a lot of talent. If you watch this tape in Florida, he, he got the skill. It's just Adam Gase is just ruining these this guy's career in, and um, – Putting everyone's uh, putting in a bad taste in Frank Gore's career. Like I, I, I don't think Adam Gase is going to have a clue what to do. I don't think he's going to try to establish a run game because I think they're going to stay behind against the Patriots. And we're going to talk about the Patriots because I know you got Patriots. I got Patriots on mine on my list. Um, I just don't think they're going to get a game plan going. Um, I mean, Perni only has one touchdown and Frank Gore has none. Um, this this run this running. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't like it at all. I get where you're coming from, but Adam Case doesn't know what he's doing. Um, he's going to be too busy so <sighs> some good shit. Yeah, uh, that's a fair point. It makes me sad because it, <laughs> it makes me think that I'm wrong. <laughs> well, that's what the nose nose is for. But since we're going we're gonna to stay on that game, um, I got a guy that uh, really emerged as a, as a great – oh, no, my bad. Wrong name. What's his first name? I almost forget his first name. Um, I believe it's is it. Um, sorry. So, uh, the runner back for the New England Patriots is Damian Harris. That's his name. I thought it was Devontae Harris. Uh, Damian Harris. He is questionable, but he is a runner back from Alabama, and you know, runner backs from Alabama just produce. He finally got um some some. Uh, he only had three percent touches, and he made the best out of it. Sixteen. 
uh, rushes for 102 yards, averaging 6.4 uh, average and a touchdown. Uh, he had limited practice, but he is ahead of the depth chart over James White, who um, we haven't really seen much from him. Um, mostly in the re um, receiving game, he is more of a receiving back. So Damian Harris, I, I think, will be more of a of the running type running back. So uh, And against this uh, New York Jets, it, this is a Patriots uh, team that needs to get right. And I know you have players you're probably going to talk about getting right. And I believe in this Patriots offense. Um, I think this will turn my head a little bit more. I think uh, this this game will show me, like, oh, they are talented. You know, Cam Newton can't do that. Damian Harris can't do that. James White can't catch 15 balls out of the backfield. So um, this is their game, right game, and they better get it right. Because if they don't and, and Bill Belichick loses to Adam Gase, then I'll probably shoot my – well, I would actually be happy because my hair is going to be safe. But if I was a Patriots fan, I'd probably want to shoot myself. So um, I like Damian Harris. He's probably really low end. Um cost-wise on fantasy, and um, he's available in most leagues. He's available in our league. So um, I, I like Damian Harris. Yeah, um, I see where you're coming from as well. I just My worry is just going to be if, if Cam Newton is going to be just the complete offense again, and I think that that is the trend for New England. But he does have a high upside, and, and uh, I mean, again, going against this Jets team, of course you're, you're going to want to put any skill player, really, of the opponents uh, to start. And, uh, I, I mean, I guess also one thing to point out, too, is just how significantly worse the Jets are at pass defense. So maybe they'll get something going through the air as well. But they don't even have Julian Edelman, and I don't trust this New England wide receiving core. I mean, they, they're so just lacking in every position. So I think it's going to be a lot of Cam Newton and Damian Harris. So this is good. And um, I guess I'll just round it off this game every single game player that we have left uh, last player I have I have left in this game is Cam Newton as a sleeper I think that this would be a perfect game for Cam Newton to start and I think that I mean I think it's going I think he's going to produce it's a little bit of a get right game like you were alluding to and you were setting me up for that thank you because um, he had that big fumble at the end of the game and and that took away fantasy points and value but I think that this Jets team I mean anyone knows that they can perform on him so um, all these players I really do like and at, at, at some point um, I think some these guys are going to get touchdowns and and a lot of production. It could be a little bit of a back and forth game, which is weird, but um, everyone there has a, a high upside. Yeah, um, I like Cam Newton in this one. I really, I really, you know, I really want this guy to succeed. I'm not personally. I'm not a big fan of his play style, but I really like how Cam Newton is playing. You see what he did in the Seattle. He he ran it up with Russell Wilson, almost 400 yards, and he had he he had three touchdowns, only one interception. I, I'm expecting to see that Cam Newton. And ever since then, he has been pretty much having favorable matchups besides with Kansas City. Uh, I think he was out due to injury. But he had the Raiders, Denver, San Francisco, and Buffalo. And he, he still haven't seen much from him. And, and these last five games have been really bad. No touchdowns, five interceptions, a couple fumbles, a couple rushing touchdowns. But um, I think he's going to have to stay in the, the air. I think this is going to be the game where he realizes, you know what, I am a lead passer. I still got it. I'm a... I'm a I'm going to trust my running backs to do the running, and I'm going to do the passing. I really think Cam Newton, um, that fumble, I really think got to his head and his mental, and I think he's going to gonna trim down the run, the, the rushing attempts to about maybe about just four instead of 9, 10, 15, 11 like he has. I think he's better as a passer than a runner. Plus, you don't want to put your, um, your, your career in jeopardy. You're 31 years old. You're on your one-year contract, mostly incentives. Um I think I think he's gonna get it right in the passing game for sure. So, all right, next guy I got. Let's see. All right, I'll I'll, I'll stay with quarterback, and I got this guy. I got Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Chris Jones just got put on the COVID slash reserve list, so that is a big relief if I was Ted, uh, Teddy Bridgewater because that that dude is dangerous. Um, I'm scared of that dude. I, I can't believe that I thought that he was gonna get traded or released, but somehow the the Chiefs found some salary space and, and signed all these players with, they only have like a nickel in the bank account, but I think Teddy B is going to have a good game. Um, I think he's not going to have, I don't think he's going to be pressured much. Chris Jones makes a big part of this. Uh, well, I, I didn't believe in Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're going to get the dub, but now that Chris Jones is out, I'm, I'm more comfortable uh, playing this guy in, in day one fantasy. Um, or even if I was kind of a uh, low on quarterbacks, I have Tannehill and, um, I think you have him as a sitter, so I don't know. Maybe I might play him. I have two or two, so I don't know. But um, Teddy B, I think he's gonna. He got some talented wide receivers. You've seen Curtis Samuel emerge as 
as a, as a wide receiver that could get it done. You got Roby Anderson, who's in top of the league in rest, uh, uh, receiving yards. You got McCaffrey back, and you got DJ Moore. Like, this is a really talented, underrated offense. And I, I think Teddy uh, B uh, can step up and get it done. I know this is going to be the biggest test against KC. Um, their past defense hasn't been the greatest. Um, and Teddy B can also get it done on the ground, too. He doesn't rush like like Cam Newton, but he can still he – can, he got some legs. He's mobile. Um, he's only 27, and um, I think this is going to be a big game, and it's a super big upset, and I really hope that he can upset the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm I'm betting on Teddy B. Man, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he came out in, in the first four games and whatever it was when he had Christian McCaffrey, and people thought that he was going to be very well and plugging out to be a great pickup for the Panthers and Matt Rule was was going to be hailed as someone who re- revived Teddy B's career and so getting Christian McCaffrey back this week is huge and he's going to help set up Teddy B for success I mean the the Chiefs are a really bad run defense so I think it's going to open up for Teddy B and his wide receivers are going to look more elite than ever it's going to look like a really great receiving core I, I agree but the thing is that the Kansas City is so well against defending against the pass and so this is why the the McCaffrey, he's going to need to be established first, but um, there is a recipe for success here. I totally see it for Teddy Bridgewater. And um, also, you look at how Kansas City, they're very good at getting interceptions, but they don't get a lot of sacks. I think that this game has to be a very well-executed game for Teddy Bridgewater and, in general, the whole Panthers, but offensively and for fantasy, um, it has to be worked to a T, and, and they can't mess up. But I do think that there's there's room and and uh, an opportunity here for Teddy Bridgewater for success, and I think that it could be big. So I really like this, actually. Um, he's going to have to be that guy that is going to be um, make sure the offense is functioning and then getting the, getting the ball to those playmakers, like you said. So I, I think that the, they're looking at this. Matt Rule is looking at this game as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, I know we lost this last game, but we're going to come out here and make a statement saying we have a lot of players that could ball. We got, we got the opportunity. Our defense is very young. They're going to give up points whatever it may be, but if you could come out here and, and control the clock against Kansas City, who's been kind of erratic a little bit at times on offense and maybe get lucky on a few stops, I think I think there's recipe there for success, and so I really like this as well. And moving on to one of my picks, and uh, I'll go with a couple guys here on the Jaguars, and we talked about on the Wednesday pod, uh, Gardner Minshew is not playing, correct? He's not a... Yes. He's not going to be Jake, out there. Jake Lolton. Jake Lolton. Wow. Lutton. Oh, Lutton. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think about putting him here at all. But I got James Robinson and LaVisca Chanel. I think that with Minshew out, it's going to be heavily reliant on James Robinson, who has been really just, oh, I like this kid. I mean, I don't know where he came from. He seems to have just popped up randomly. But he's been so efficient and um, probably one of the biggest – stories over there for uh for Jacksonville last year it was getting Gardner Minshew and and he was electrifying and exciting at one point um I think right now it's going to be James Robinson is it going to be that guy for uh for Jacksonville this year and also LaVisca Chenault I mean I know you don't have a quarterback to get to him but Chenault has been coming in on some of these creative running plays so I think they both have some some prime upside but um, James Robinson has a little bit more upside and a little bit of a safer play. LaVisca could be a little bit of a wild card play, but I do like these two guys because they're, they're going to be the only hope to against uh, this Texans defense, who they should be able to do something in, against this. So I like James Robinson for sure. I mean, he should start in someone's league and, and if someone's pick him up in, in one-day leagues. And LaVisca, a little bit more of a stretch, but um, I, I have to throw him out there as like an honorable mention at least. Yes, Jake Lolton. Let me just uh, get you a little bit of history. Um, I do have his football card. Uh, actually, he's from Oregon State, six-round draft pick. Um, he's going to get his first career start. So um, that's all I have on him. <laughs> you know what year he got drafted? Yeah, this year. He's oh, a rookie. okay. Yeah, so you got a lot of rookies on this team. I've been saying this since day one. James Robinson, I wasted, I think, a, not wasted, I used a six or seventh round draft pick and everyone great remember pick. everyone yeah great everyone pick. thought i was i was done like what the hell is wrong with this guy but illinois state this dude is the man james robinson's been pretty much the jaguars he had a bye week um he he showed up before his bye week against the chargers 111 yards a touchdown um averaging 5.4 um they're gonna feed this dude through the air and on the ground and he could do both um I just love this guy so much he's only 22 uh he's only 5'10 he reminds me a little bit like darren sproles 
a little taller than Darren Sproles, but I love this guy. He's he's a, the fifth ranked PPR running back, and he already had a bye, so that's how you can tell he's that good. Uh, Zlovishka Chenault, if they use him, um, I think he's uh, like the Swiss Army knife. He's the type of like McCole Harmon of the team. The uh, what is another guy like that? Like the like the uh, I can't think of the uh, wide receiver. Like uh, they use them in multiple things. We've been saying this for a while now. Those those sweeps, those um, like weird pitch outs. And um, I think they're going to have to get creative against this Texans team, which uh, there's rumors that J.J. Watt don't want to be there anymore. Yes, you're right. I heard that. Um, but that dude's still going to ball out. That he He's so – that dude is crazy. He's a monster. But I like I like James Robinson a little bit more than LaVishka Sonnell. Mm-hmm. But I like LaVishka Sonnell. Uh, he has a really cool name. Also rookie. These are three rookies we mentioned if we include uh, Moulton, the, the rookie um, quarterback. But um, against Houston, uh, their defense has been pretty flat. Um, as as of late, and uh, Lavisca Chanel could probably get his first career touchdown. I'll call it. He'll get his first oh, career touchdown. Have one yet? Oh my gosh! No, yeah, he hasn't had one yet. And um, uh, they don't have his uh rushing. Oh no, he does have one touchdown. Okay, I, I Indy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't caught one since. So I think he's gonna break that streak. Um, so that was I'll week go, one, wasn't it? Yeah, week one against the Colts. Wow. So I guess I'll go. I got uh, – um, let's see. Okay, since we're talking about the Texans, I have uh, Brandon Cooks as a sleeper. Oh, wow. Um, Brandon Cooks, um, he's a little weird. <laughs> uh, like, he didn't do too much in the first five games or first four games, and then the fifth game he had a monster game against Jacksonville, 161 yards and a touchdown. And guess who this verse, they're versing this week? Jacksonville. I think he'll repeat that. He's a big threat. Ever since a Bill O'Brien's been gone, they've been throwing longer balls. You you've seen it. They they they've been that short that weird short game, and they'll throw like one or two long balls. But ever since Bill O'Brien's been gone, that offense seems a little bit more fluent, and they got more wins um, since then. Uh, so uh, I I like Brandon Cooks. Uh, they were shot, and the theme was Texas were shopping older wide older wide receivers. So I think he has something to prove. Be like, hey, you know what? Don't trade me. Uh, you know, and 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 uh, I'll give what you. I could give you. I could give you a hundred yards and a touchdown. So I think that's the that's his floor. I think he'll at least get a hundred yards in this touchdown. This Jaguars defense has been shaky um, since the departure of everyone back in fucking what year was that? I keep on forgetting. 2017, 16. They had the, the, the scariest defense in the league with AJ Boye and Jalen oh, Ramsey. Right. Oh man, that that defense was scary. Um, but that. They, the last player to the last player to leave was uh Gampway, whatever the fuck you say his name, and that pretty much solidifies how bad that defense is. And um, I'm gonna take Brandon Cooks in this one. Yeah, I mean you said it. it the The matchup against Jacksonville was only three weeks ago, um, about to be four weeks ago now. So that was his best game of the season. And but ever since then, he's been putting up some nice numbers against Tennessee and a little bit against Green Bay. That Green Bay game kind of got a little bit out of hand, but. In general, you're right. This team does look better without Bill O'Brien there, and I think that the, the idea of getting Brandon Cooks here, kind of replacing, I mean, this is what he brought him in here to do. Kind of ironic that is he's doing this without the guy who brought him in here, but in, in Bill O'Brien, but uh, it's working out fine. And so I do like this Brandon Cooks pickup, and um, I mean, he should be able to do something against Jacksonville. I mean, I like Deshaun. That offense has been starting to cook. You're right. And uh, I'll finish off my sleeper list with a couple more wide receivers on this list. And my first one is going to be Allen Robinson. So I'm just trying to put up this game real quick. But I'm looking at this uh, Tennessee Titans team. And I look at what what just happened last week. They just got cooked last week by Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, who deserves all the credit in the world for what he's doing over in Cincinnati. But one of the reasons why he he is getting these recognition and and, um, is because of the environment he's in. And that offensive line in the Bengals is terrible. And he's been getting pressured all year. But when Tennessee faced them last week, Tennessee is one of the worst pass-rushing defenses out there. They do not get sacks at all. It is almost non-existent for Tennessee, which is incredible. But it showed that game. It showed because Joe Burrow was actually able to pull out a W and completely change and control the course of that game. That game was always in the Bengals' hand, it felt like. And I look at that. And I look at the, the the Bears' struggles, which are very similar, and it's because they don't have protection and they don't keep Nick Foles upright and they don't allow these passing plays to develop. Well, now you have an opponent here in the in the Titans who 
are just going to let anyone pass on them and not going to give any pressure. So I look at what Nick Foles has been able to do and what Allen Robinson has been able to do struggling. But Allen Robinson is one of the few bright spots on this team and maybe the only bright spot on this offense. So when you look at that and you look at how just last week Joe Burrow was able to burn this this Titans team who just got Desmond King a corner. So I, I have no doubt that it's going to be some matchups here against Allen Robinson. But, you know, it's a new team, a new scheme. It's so short of a week. And um, I just I just think Allen Robinson is elite. Uh, people have been trying to put me on. I, I'm trying. I want to accept the truth. I want to see the light. So I think Allen Robinson is a great wide receiver start. And then before I hand it back off to you, um, I also want to put in Antonio Brown. He's very cheap uh, in in uh, DraftKings right now. He's at like 5,500. Um, Antonio Brown might as well get him right now, but when it, while he's super cheap before he blows up, if uh, if he does blow up. And I think that we have to look at the last time when he joined. Tom Brady, the Patriots. It was like a midweek acquisition. Um, he immediately lit it up. So I think you have to go with him as well. Um, okay. I guess this. Oh, I. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Whew. All right. Allen Robinson. Then I'll get to. The okay. Allen Robinson. Um, put up some good numbers this this season so far. He has two, a hundred uh, yard games and one ninety yard game, and um, three touchdowns only. Um, but can you blame him? The first couple weeks he had a. Uh, he actually was better with uh, Trubisky statistically, but um, I think uh, Nick Foles is getting the, getting a taste of that offense and see how it's going. And um, yeah, you're right about the whole protection thing. Uh, Tennessee's just been just leaky; they're just so bad. And I thought the acquisition of JV on Clowney they they will have they will be up there in sacks, but he hasn't got one sack this year. I know he was injured some of the year, but uh, and they released Vic Biz Vic. Beasley, they traded for Desmond King. I don't know if he's going to be um, introduced introduced that quickly, but if he is, um, that's better. But not not as, uh, they need they need a little bit more than that. Uh, I think Allen Robinson is a big threat. He's a he's a tall dude, and I think that Nick Foles can, can make that connection to him. So I could see this is a good sleeper going to Antonio Brown. Uh, you said, look at the last time he was on a team. Well, yeah, let's look at the last time he was on a team. He's a fucking cancer. He's making music videos. He's cussing out the the Raiders head coach. Like, I was starting to feel bad for Gruden when I said that. <laughs> like, and I fucking hate that guy. I, if you've been listening to this, I fucking hate Gruden, overpaid, whatever. But when Antonio made that fucking video of him celebrating he's getting released from a team, getting yeah, he was going to get paid. And then the, the Patriots take a chance on him. Yeah, he scored. I think he scored, I think, a touchdown or two against the Dolphins. Uh, and I, I personally do not like Antonio Brown. I really think something's wrong with him um, mentally. And I feel bad when I talk shit to him because I think that's possible. But um, with with all the mouths to feed, I think Antonio Brown's going to be the last last um, in order. Um, the way Mike Evans has been uh, like physically and mentally frustrated with that offense uh, yeah, he doesn't complain a lot, but uh, there's a quote that's saying he doesn't complain a lot. But you've seen the frustration. Um, you guys, I'll take Scotty Miller over Antonio, Antonio Brown. You got some great tight ends there. I'm not a big fan of Gronk, but he's been doing a lot better. That connection's getting rekindling. And then you also got uh, Godwin. I think that there's too much mouths to feed, and I really think they just got this guy as a distraction or something or – they're going to use him otherwise. But, like, I think it's going to be like Le'Veon Bell. We thought Le'Veon Bell was going to have a good game, but he was only, he only rushed six times. You know, like, he, he wasn't – I know the game plan wasn't there for him, but um, I think there's too much mouths to feed, so I personally do not like Antonio Brown. But since we're on the, the Buccaneers, I have two sitters for the Buccaneers, and it's the running core of that Buccaneers team, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. I know you have Ronald Jones. I just seen that. And you just pick up Antonio Brown. Waste of uh, a <laughs> But Ronald Jones did get nothing done, and um, and for that, uh, didn't uh, yeah, he he kind of salvaged his. He had ten points, and Ronald Jones had five, and that was against the Giants, and uh, that was against a, a team where I thought they would have a good game. I picked uh, Leonard, well, my cards randomly picked Ronald Jones, I think, or Fournette, and they didn't do nothing much for me. Um. They kind of had to abandon that run game and go to the passing game. And this is against New Orleans, who's pretty good against the run. Um, but I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Who can have the most yards and who can have the most touchdowns? And um, if Michael Thomas is healthy, then um, the Buccaneers are going to be in trouble. 
but I think it's just going to be a shootout. I don't think the running backs are going to be um, too much um, engaged in this one. Um, I think a little bit, if they could break off one, they can. But the Saints defense is pretty stingy against the run. So I'm, I'm staying it back from this handcuff completely. Man, I wish you're wrong, but I feel like you're going to be right. And I have Ronald Jones. I look at I look at week one, and he only scored 10 points there. And also, just looking at how the matchup is looking out to be, it looks like it's going to be a shootout, like you said, and it's an air attack for both teams. So it makes me so sad. And then lastly, I just look at also the New Orleans defense. They are a really good run defense. So it, it's looking bad for my boy Ronald Jones. But I'm holding on to hope, maybe on some goal line situations. But if we want to be safe, I do not want to start him. Um, but I just don't have any other running backs. But I have a guy now on my team. On my sleep uh, sitter list, I'm done with my sleepers. My sitter, who was on your team, so you did one on my team, Ronald Jones. Well, I'm gonna go pick on you. I got Ryan Tannehill over here. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm in a dilemma, honestly. Like, well, let me help you out here, which is so bad because you're my opponent. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, you're my opponent this week. I'm yeah. this? Oh, you're fucking. <laughs> dead, dog. All right. Well, this is gonna help you, but fuck it. Uh, I don't like Ryan Tannehill this week. I, I I looked at the I went back and I looked at the uh, Titans Bengals game just because I wanted to understand how the Titans lost that one. And um, one of them was Joe Burrow, but now defensively on the other side, Ryan Tannehill was completely uh, knocked off of his game. And I think that the fact that they were behind in that game, they couldn't establish, um, well, not establish the one, but but they couldn't rely on the run. They had to definitely pass and they had to definitely um, move the ball through the air a little bit more quickly and and more more fast paced than they they usually want would like to operate at and when you're behind like that and your opponent knows that you're you're kind of uncomfortable when you don't have that running game with you well it's virtually taken away with you once that lead is there and Ryan Tannehill was knocked off of his game by the pass rush he got sacked a few times he got rattled a little bit and then I look at their opponent now this week against Chicago a, a better better defense all around i look at khalil mack i look at how this team has kept things close all year so their offense has had a little bit of an opportunity to, t- to take it in a lot of these games really in every single one of these games and so um i look at all of that and i just think maybe this is going to be shaping up for a bad week for Tannehill. yeah i think i might just sit up i only have Tua, so uh so i put my faith in Tua. i don't know but uh yeah the bears only allowed eight eight uh, uh passing touchdowns in eight games, um, and we could see Tannehill is not, you know, perfect all the time. He could he could uh, make mistakes. Uh, he did what he had to do, or what he could have done against Cincy, and Cincy is so bad at defense. So this really scares me. So I'm gonna agree with you 100. I think it's gonna be a Derrick Henry show. Who I have, so I'm not too um, worried about that. I think he could put up a buck because um, I think that dude's just so big, and they're just gonna they're just gonna beat this def- this Bears defensive line down and grind them down until Tannehill can make something. But um, I will stay away from Tannehill, I guess. Uh, I guess I'm in a dilemma now, especially to you, so I definitely got to beat you, so I have bragging rights. I think I – have I beat you this year, this week? our first matchup this year. And it was only by, like, one point, huh? Was it that game? I don't think I played you yet, no? Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll look it up when we're done talk uh, when we're um, after this. But um, damn, this is yeah. I'm agree with you. I'm gonna say Tannehill. That's bear, that that bears um, secondaries. Like I said, Eddie Jackson is just um, a madman. So I'm gonna agree with you. But I I do have a bear on this team. Who is a? I have too much wide receivers. I wish I could run six wide receivers on my team because my running back, my running backs. I only got Derrick Henry and James Robinson. That's pretty much it. I have Tremaine Pope, but he's questionable. Like my, I only have really two running backs I rely on, and I run two wide receivers on my flex. And I wish I had room for this guy, but it's Darnell Mooney for the um, Chalk Chicago Bears. Um, I like Allen Robinson too. And now that uh, uh, Javon Wims is out, this guy's gonna take over that spot. Rookie out of Tulane. Uh, this guy, this guy could uh, could put up some numbers. He had 69 yards and a touchdown, uh, playing 93 snaps. His snaps percentage have been increasing since week four. And um, I like this guy. I remember when he first caught his first touchdown against week, uh, in week two against the Giants. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He was cr- pretty quiet since. But um, these last two weeks, he's uh, he's been averaging 13 yards per catch. So uh, I'm liking this guy. Uh, Nick Foles are going to have to do a lot. Uh, I think he's going to do a lot, and he's going to spread the love. And Allen Robinson is going to be the number one guy. And I think this guy, kind of a little underrated, could uh, get it done too. 
Yeah, this is an, uh, this is a cool sleeper pick. I haven't heard much of Darnell Mooney, but uh, he's been out here consistently putting up small numbers. I mean, he's been getting looks, and that's good. That's good enough to see, and then to see the improvement uh, finally break out over the hump of what he's looking like. He's staying around from like six to ten points every single week, but he finally got seventeen last week, according to Sleeper app. And you know how I feel about this game about Tennessee and and how I feel about Allen Robinson. So. I'm not a handcuff type of guy. And uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, he has a high, I mean, upside's there, but uh, I don't know how many targets he's really going to see. A really deep sleeper pick. Um, but I will leave it up to the people to decide. I mean, if you're really desperate and you really need to go cheap, but Darnell Mooney could be an interesting pick. You already know how I feel about Tennessee. I went on that rant, and I feel like there's a big opportunity here for Nick Foles to play well, So, um, especially through the air. So I, I do agree with uh, the thinking here. So, um, but I'm going to move on to a couple more sitters and uh, really essentially the whole team at this point. And I got uh, the whole Cowboys team and the Cowboys uh, just, I mean, this is not need to be explained too much, you know, no DAG, but also they're facing a tough opponent. They're playing Pittsburgh this week and Pittsburgh has been just so impressive throughout the whole year, especially defensively. And so this is shaping up to be a very, uh, yeah, just a sad game. I mean, there's going to be no opportunity here for any of these playmakers to get going. I I, I would just, tr- you know, in a situation like this, typically I would trust Zeke, but I've been trying to trust Zeke these last few weeks, and he hasn't done anything. And I think it's a testament to how bad my McCarthy is, but also he's really just made these players go backwards a completely other direction. I haven't, I don't remember Zeke having fumble problems at all before this year, so um, maybe I haven't been paying attention, but it just seems so out of place and out of character. But I don't trust him at all to be able to, just do anything against the Steelers defense front seven. So um, no need to explain too much, too much. So sit uh, Zeke Cooper and lamb. And then lastly, uh, one more sitter to end my sitters list. I got Antonio Gibson of the uh, Washington football team. We had a little bit going on. Um, I think Gallman's going to go get more yards than uh, Gibson. So that could be a little bit of a cool um, teaser builder, prop builder bet If you guys are into that, but um yeah, we talked about this this matchup on Wednesday, how we think this game's going to go down. So uh, I think that Antonio Gibson isn't going to do too much. I look at what the Giants just did last week, and, uh, I mean, they were very competitive against the Bucks. So so I'm, I'm very concerned there. And then hopefully Daniel Jones could get something going. I think that there could be a recipe here to maybe run up the score, get a little bit of a two-possession lead. And once that happens, I don't know if I trust Kyle Allen, but I think by then uh, – Antonio Gibson is going to be completely out of the game plan. And surprisingly, uh, New York Giants, uh, the way to beat them is also through the air, but but they are uh, statistically don't give a too, too much on the ground. So um, 3.7 yards per rush given up, that's fourth best in the league, and only 102 yards rush, rushing yards per game given up, that's eighth best in the league. So uh, shaping up to be down for Antonio Gibson, who you kind of like. Yeah, all right. So I'll start off with Zeke, Cooper, and Lamb. I agree with all those Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're not imposters. They're really that good, but they also have a really um, favorable uh, uh, schedule. They have the Giants, Denver, Houston, by Philadelphia, Cleveland, Tennessee. Baltimore was their closest opponent, which they came out on top of that one. And now they're versing Dallas. They got Cincy. Well, they huh? Oh, yeah. Ten- yeah, they played Tennessee. Also a favor- uh, good matchup, but they got the best of that one. And then they got Cincy. They got Jacksonville. They got Baltimore again, which they'll win. Washington. Buffalo, Cincy again, Colts, and Cleveland. So I think I think they have pretty much the easiest schedule. Well, I'm not knocking anything down from them. I just want to say that. Okay. Um, I think they might go undefeated, <laughs> really. Uh, Baltimore probably is their best opponent. Probably, uh, Buffalo, maybe, if they get their defense up. If uh, Indianapolis but, uh, gets better, too, we'll see. Oh, yeah, Indianapolis. So I could see them winning two or three. But, like, I mean, they're, they could go undefeated. They're, they're that good. Like I'm not calling them imposters. They're they're that good too. But um, uh, who were like, oh yeah, Zeke's been fumbling, and they just don't get him involved in that game plan. If I had Ben DiNucci or Glenn Gabber or who the fuck is back there, I will feed him. He got the, well, he got the tattoo for nothing. It is a dumbass tattoo. But um, like dude, come on, what are you guys doing? And then like you don't want to hand it off for fumbling, and you just don't, just gonna shit on his confidence. Zeke is for sure. This year, well, not this year, but he as he's well known as like a top five, top ten. That's debatable. Like wherever he's definitely in the top ten running backs in the league right now. And and um, 
I, I don't like how they're not using him. Uh, McCarthy is just a piece of shit. And then Amari Cooper, like I said, only had one catch on two targets, and he got his first catch in, like, late in the third. or It was late in the second or early in the third. Because I remember the announcer said that. It's like, you got Amari Cooper out here, and you have a passing it to him. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And then C.D. Lamb, I mean, it's if, whoever's passing the ball for Dallas, it's just going to be a shit show for Dallas. And one of my Dallas uh, – uh, I play Call of Duty with him. He's one of my followers. He's like, man, I, I really hope we could do something. I was like, dog, I'm praying for you guys' mental right now. Like, it's all bad, and Pittsburgh is just going to – they're not going to let up either. They're going to prove their dominance, and it's going to be a bad day for Dallas. And talk about Antonio uh, Antonio Gibson. I, I, uh, I'm I kind of like hot and cold with this guy. I either love this guy or hate him. <laughs> uh, rookie out of Memphis. Uh, he's been putting up a lot more rushing statistic numbers over Wayne Goldman. Um, I know it's kind of like a community back there, you know, with um, Devontae Freeman. Uh, Rod Smith is actually the starter running back. Uh, or, no, he's not. He's a free agent. What the fuck? Why do they even have him on the thing? Um, that was weird. But, well, uh, well they, he, they've been spending uh, carries with Deion Lewis. Yeah, Alfred Morris, who I forgot, is on that team, which is really weird. Devontae Freeman, who is actually questionable. But, um, well, uh, Wayne Gallman, I think, if if I like Freeman in that backfield, but Wade Gallman, um, he he savaged both of his last two outings with touchdowns. Um, before that, his snaps count's been pretty lower, but like right now, he'll probably get like sixty percent of the snaps compared to Antonio Gibson's. Um, probably they're they, they're kind of like almost the same player, but um, I like Antonio Gibson in this one. Obviously, like we have a bet going. Um, he had one hundred twenty-eight yards against Dallas, um, and now they're versing the. They're versing the Giants now. And uh, the Giants, I think, are just like a shit show. So Washington's a shit show, too. I mean, it's going to be a shit show in general. But uh, he's been putting up more rushing yards. Um, he's been in the he's been in the playbook longer since week one. And um, I, I, if I had to sit or sleep, if I had to choose, I would probably I'll probably start him. Um, I obviously have to start him. Uh, uh, the, you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm right. sure. Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, – I'm reading some stuff right now. I, I like him. You know what? I got to stick to what I said. I like this guy personally, and I think he'll have more rushing yards than Wayne Goldman because I think there's too much of a community back there for um, the Giants. So that and plus I think he's a little less talented than Antonio Gibson. For Washington, they only got four wide receivers or four runner backs on the depth chart. And one I haven't seen. I haven't seen Bryce Love at all since like two years ago. Payton Barber, he's been here and there. Uh, J.D. McKissick been um, okay. But Wayne Gallman, he, he's fighting carries with Devontae Freeman, Alfred, Rajay Penny. Like, I think think there's a higher ceiling for Antonio Gibson than Wayne Gallman. But talking about running backs, uh, I like this guy a lot. I found his rookie card and put him in my deck. I'm talking about D. If you don't know who D.A. Dallas is, look him up. He's a Seahawks running back who uh, busted out a 22-point fantasy, uh, fantasy football game. Um, he was he had 80% of the snaps. And um, I don't want to go from rele- relevant uh, – what's what's the word? Relevant bias or recency bias? Recency bias. Yeah. I don't want to go with recency bias, but let me tell you why I like this guy. I picked, I picked up Carlos Hyde, and he was out. Last-minute game-time decision, he was out, and I lost by three points last week. So if I had DJ Dallas or literally anyone else on my bench, I would have won. Um, but Chris Carson's questionable. Travis Homer, he he has – I only see this guy on, like, third and ones. Uh, Rashad Penny, I believe, is uh, – yeah, he's out too. Um, the Seahawks have so much running backs that are just, like, injured, and DJ Dallas is going to be the starter this, uh, this week. He found – uh, two two touchdowns, one in the air and one on the ground. I think he could do that again. Against Buffalo, you've seen Damian Harris run 100 yards on him, oh, another rookie that I mentioned earlier. Um, and I think that the Seahawks are going to, again, of course, pass in Russell Wilson. But I think they're going to get established that run run game, and um, I'm liking DJ Dallas a lot. You know what? Um, that felt random, but he's starting now, right? I mean, Yeah, he's, he's a starter. Um, so it, it's looking like a great matchup. I mean, the thing about Seattle is they love to pass the ball now, and they're they're an amazing passing team. But if if they want to just slow down a little bit and help their defense out a little bit by uh, establishing a run game and and uh, 
you know, trying trying to make these long drives and and really uh, put this game away out of hand in that sense. In that game plan, this is the game to do it. I mean, Buffalo is a terrible run defense. They're bottom of the barrel in every single major category. Um, touchdowns they give up on the ground. They're 25th in the league. And opponent rushing yards per game, they're 26th in the league. And yards per rush, they're 26th in the league as well. So they're just not good against the run. And and this emergence of DJ Dallas, an amazing great pick. I, I imagine you're going to have him in, in your DraftKings lineup because this is a great pick. Um, I like it a lot. And uh, I think it's, I think he is going to produce uh yeah, I think I think Pete Carroll is just so smart over there, and he's not going to mess it up. All right, gonna go with my last sitters, and I have a couple honorable mentions, and then uh, we're good to go. So the sitters I have, uh, I guess you could call it a handcuff. I got Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown. Lamar Jackson, I had on my last week's sitter, and he only had 13 points, two interceptions, only 208 yards. We talk about this guy when it comes down to big games. He cannot get it done in the passing. Last time, he the most passing yards he had this week, or this year, I mean, is 275, and that was against the Cleveland Browns week one. So, you know, no one knew nothing, really, no preseason. Before that, the last 300-yard game he had was week one in Miami. So, yeah, he's a start in week one. I'll give you that. But um, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards since since 2019 week one against Miami. So, um, and since then, he had 204, 97, 193, 180, 106, and last week, 208. So, when it comes to points, and in these close games, you want his most points, obviously. You want the most points from your quarterback. Um, I don't think Lamar Jackson is a quarterback one. I don't I don't think he should have won MVP. Completely, John, completely honest with you, I don't think he's a lead passer. He's a lead rusher, and that's where his fantasy um, points get saved. But Indy's been, um, pretty much been on top of it, and they're – pretty underrated right now and i think they get it done uh, hollywood brown he's uh actually has been voicing his concerns and there's a the last pass that lamar jackson had uh, hollywood brown was open on the side and he just the vision's not there and the only um i, I like this guy talent wise but i think he's like frustrated he's voiced his frustration and uh, lamar jackson's gonna do too much on the ground and not and not uh, get it done through the air and I think uh, uh, Marquise Brown's going to suffer from that. Yeah, um, I mean, Indianapolis is such an interesting team. I'm trying to figure out who they are. So I listened to a few other podcasts, and one, one of the things that they said is how they, their stats on defense could be a little inflated based on their opponents. So their, their opponents that they beat down on is, is uh, have been bad. The only good team I could see here on offense that they really – put the beat down on and completely neutralized is the Vikings in week two when they only allowed the Vikings to score 11 points. And that was when Minnesota was very dysfunctional as well. I think they're starting to find out how to win games. It might be a little bit too late over there, but still point being, it was very early on in the season week two. And I'm looking at this team. They give up 32 to the Browns one week, 27 to the Bengals another week one. They gave up 27 to the Jaguars and um, a Jaguars team that we kind of like actually, but still point being this team is, is not consistently dominant on defense and they're not like a team like Pittsburgh where I would just completely put my faith into it to, to really make things super competitive so I, I I'm very skeptical of the statistics of the Colts and and how this game could go but this is what has to be said last week when Pittsburgh uh played the Ravens I mean they they did get ran over they got ran over they had 200 yards um but of, of rushing but the thing is uh, they they could not close the game. The Ravens could not close that game out because they just did not have that passing presence. Like you said, we were calling it, and um, you know you need to be able to pass attack. And so I I, I don't know. It's, it's shaping up to be such an interesting matchup, such an underrated matchup of the weekend. And uh, sitting Lamar, it could kind of be. Um, I mean, what did he have last week? Because I want to know what 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 his output was last mm. week. Lamar Jackson, as far as his fantasy points. Yeah, thirteen point eight. Uh, he went thirteen for twenty-eight, two hundred and eight yards, two interceptions, two touchdowns. Rushed sixteen times for sixty-five yards on a four-one, four-point-one yards per carry. Thirteen. Yeah, he had thirteen. And he fumbled, fumbled three times and lost two of them. And I think that the Colts also got Darius Leonard back this week. You know what? I think I want to lean towards uh, sitting him. You know, two weeks in a row where we think we we should. Uh, be sitting Lamar. Uh, we were completely right last week. Pittsburgh, but uh, Indianapolis is a step below on defense, but I think Phillip Rivers is heating up too. If you get that lead, that's all that really takes to really just throw everything off for Lamar. So um, 
Let's let's take another chance two weeks in a row. Let's be bold. I, I want to agree with you. All right. I'm going to go on a little mini rant here because I have so much love for this guy and so much hate for the guy I'm going to compare him to. A, a starter. I'm not even going to put him on a mention. This guy, you have to start. I'm going to go with Philip Lindsay. This dude, back-to-back 1,000 yards, undrafted out of Colorado. Give Feed this man. Pay this man. This dude is so talented. Like, Melvin Gordon, um, Melvin Gordon, the guy, you know, my hate for him. He had 26 yards on eight carries, no touchdowns. Philip Lindsay came in, 83 yards and a touchdown on six carries, 13.8 yards. He has the he leads the league. I don't know if you knew this. Leads the league in rushing um, um, yards per carry with 6.3. This dude is averaging a 6.3 yard carry, and you're not starting him. Well, we're saying that. Um, did you just pick him up right now? You literally I just picked did. up a <laughs> I just got the notification. Your name popped up right now. Uh, my boy, or not my boy, Melvin Gordon is leading his, he's losing his carries, and I guarantee he's not going to be the lead back. The only reason why he has a starting job in week four, he bust out two touchdowns, 100 yards, his only 100-yard uh, rushing game, game this year against the New York Jets, and Philip Lindsay was injured. But Philip Lindsay is expected to play, and I hope, I hope they beat this dude. This dude is so goddamn talented. Um, he was injured uh, two uh, week two through four. He's kind of battling, I believe, a calf, a foot injury. But against Atlanta, um, Atlanta's are pretty. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are pretty much the a, the NFC version of the Chargers. Let's just be honest here. Um, and I think I think Phil Lindsay could do that against the Chargers, eighty-three yards and a touchdown. I think he could. Uh, Half of that uh, and a touchdown would be good, but I think he could even double that. Philip Lindsay is the guy in Denver. Fuck Melvin Gordon. I will speak that shit into existence and his ugly ass dreads. Like, fuck him. He's bum ass bitch. Completely honest with you. I hate Melvin Gordon. Give the ball to Philip Lindsay. I don't know why they went to go get that fucking scrub. Philip Lindsay better get paid. Pro bowler is undrafted free agent. You know, the last undrafted free agent to do that um, and make the Pro Bowl, uh, Austin Eckler. This dude, a thousand back-to-back thousand yards, undrafted out of Colorado. Come on, and he's Steven Steven Zezema's Eskimo brother. I need to tell Denver that. I need to tell the Denver. Denver <laughs> I need to call the head coach John Elway. You got COVID right now, but I'm gonna get the phone call and get you. Be like, hey, dog, my boy. That's my boy's Eskimo brother playing. What the fuck are you doing? Fuck Melvin Gordon. Um, yeah, fuck Melvin Gordon. I I don't like him personally, and I think Phil Lindsay six point three yards per carry. Did you know that he leads the league? Six point three. Yes, I did not know that, but it sounds impressive. The thing, it, it could be a little bit inflated because he doesn't have the most amazing uh, carries. But yeah, I think that he deserves a lot more. I mean, he came in last week and and had a lot of explosive plays and really kind of single handedly brought them back into the game. So uh, Philip Lindsay could be a very de- deaf difference maker and um i just don't know i mean it's also just relying you just on... picked him up so you, you, well, you know what? i'm putting him i'm putting him down because I, i'm picking up another player that uh, you mentioned i like this guy a lot um i'm picking up dj dallas because i need him and did I, I you really they... just drop him yeah i really did I, I i like dallas more i didn't realize that he was still on there um he didn't have a good week i believe in you in that but going back to philip Lindsay, um one thing i wasn't looking at right now that, that kind of changed my mind too is also the fact that the running the running team uh running defense of Atlanta is kind of good the way to beat them is through the air and uh the opponents they don't just they don't even cross the 100 yards mark so on average they people don't really like to run the ball in this team i know that that denver is a different type of of offense they love to run the ball and stuff like that but uh i i don't know i just that that kind of turns me off this week but in general i do like philip lindsay a lot and i like your rant that was pretty good but uh <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just looking at this Atlanta team. I do favor DJ Dallas, but uh, he could have a really good week. The only thing that too is just he's not really a receiving back, and that's a little bit more of Melvin Gordon's forte, and and uh, that little bit takes away from the game. And also, just that coaching staff isn't playing him too, so it's kind of like we see it as the fans that we like Lindsey, and we we see his efficiency. We, the Colt, uh, the coaching staff doesn't see the same thing too. Well, there's, spe- there's speculation for uh, well, one, I picked up Phil Lindsey and I put him in my starting lineup. Two, um, there's speculation that Melvin Gordon is losing his carries. It's not just the fans. I, even though I did, I was curious and I looked up Denver Bronco fans. They're toxic as shit too. They're toxic as fuck. Especially last week over there, it was it was bad. I didn't interact with them because I would have probably got blocked or banned. 
But um, there's speculation that in the coaching staff, too, and the writers for Denver Broncos, that Melvin Gordon is losing his touches. And I think this is the week to, that uh, Phil Leslie is going to eat. Coming off an injury, I think he's going to eat. Yeah, man, I can see it, too. All right. Uh, only just one more guy I, I'll just briefly uh, talk about. Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is going to have an okay game against uh, – I, I, I like to pick a quarterback, whoever's versus Seattle, because Seattle just is probably the worst defense and pass defense in the league. I know they did – they showed up uh, these last couple of weeks, but they still allow the most passing yards in, in each game. It's usually shootouts. That's why, you know, the circumstances. But I think Josh Allen could get back in this one. And I think he's going to get picked competitive, and it's going to be one of the greatest um, – one of the, the – the, not the greatest game ever – greatest games of this week it's a good matchup so no i just want to just what's your thoughts on josh allen um i think that he could bounce back for sure i mean he needs to this 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 team is looking really different but like you said you like picking against this uh team that go against seattle the quarterbacks that go against seattle i completely agree i think that is going to be a huge game for stefan diggs john brown could even get some too so um that I mean they're a historically bad passing defense and and josh allen is going to get something going and, and he's dual threat as well so there's going to be things opening up, so I do I do like him. I do like him. He has to bounce back, and the matchup is just too good to pass up. All right, going to move on to the DraftKings. Uh, we went on a lot of rants, but they're good rants. All right, so um, as you know, uh, um, Lucas won last week again. I I think we're about tied. I think I'm like four, four and five or something like that. I know I at least won four times. I think this is Lucas's third win. I don't know. I'll double check, um, and then I'll tell you guys next week. But as you know, we do a, a DraftKings um, I have all these football cards, and um, I randomly select them with a random generator. And I have all the, I have most of the players on here, most of the players. So, um, uh, Lucas, I'll let you go first. Alrighty. So going up first, I got my boy P. Rivers, P. Philip Rivers over here um, facing Baltimore. I mean, kind of a bold pick, but if I'm gonna, if I know my Philip Rivers, I think that he's gonna heat up, and I think he's gonna live up to the competition over there in Baltimore. And um, I think he's just looking forward to i mean he's such a competitor and the way that indianapolis has been putting on the points last week and 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 figuring out you know how to quickly put up uh put up numbers and maybe turn things around offensively and help their defense a little bit more this is a big game for them to really make a statement in the league so philip rivers at 5600 um isn't bad because i went heavy everywhere else and right at running back immediately i got dalvin cook at 8200 going against the lions i mean they have you have to pick dalvin cook this week he's at He's for sure money. Um, the matchup is there, and the point of position ranking also is there. I mean, the, the Lions are the worst against running backs in the league. James Robinson, my next running back over here at 7,000. I'm going big money for sure. Uh, at Going against Houston, we already talked about James Robinson at 7,000. He's great. Um, next wide receiver I got is Antonio Brown, um, 5,500. I really like him. He's another sleeper pick, so I'm going with a lot of sleepers on my list. Uh, put my money where my mouth is. Then my next wide receiver, Stephon Diggs at 7,400. Um, we just talked about Josh Allen. Uh, Seattle is the worst passing defense in the league. Stephon Diggs is the number one receiver over there. He's been eating all year. I love Stephon in this Bills uniform and in this Bills team. Next wide receiver I got is Allen Robinson, another guy that I like um, for all the reasons we already talked about. 6,900 and point of position ranking in Tennessee is 30th. Uh, Allen Robinson is going to eat. Now, I went really heavy and, and really expensive on all these players I just went, so these last guys are, are going to be squeezing by, but I think that they're going to be good. Um, my tight end is going to be Albert O from Denver. Um, I think that he has an opportunity to get a couple touchdowns in the red zone again against Atlanta, who does does not do well against tight ends. Albert O, who has been a factor in these past few games, he's been doing something, and he's been actually – uh, something, some, someone that teams have to game plan kind of now. I like Albert O. LaVisca Chenault is my flex at 4,200 against Houston. Um, another guy that needs to be doing something without Gardner Minshew there. Um, another playmaker there in the loop too. And then uh, with my remaining budget, 2,400, the Vikings, Minnesota Vikings against Detroit. They don't have Matthew Stafford, like you said. And I think they're also missing Kenny Galladay too. Um, looking like a really nice, cheap pickup against an uh, opponent that's going to be struggling. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, Antonio Brown. I, I will bet you Antonio Brown will not have more than five fantasy football points. Oh, my gosh. You want to bet me like wings? I'll bet you wings that Antonio Brown won't have more than five points. Bet. Okay. okay, cool. Write it down. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. So, uh, so like I said, I picked random cards. And um, I actually like this one. I only had $900 left over, so it's not too bad. I had one week I had like 3400 left over, and I was 
pissed. And three players didn't play, so I, I'm real pissed. But start off with uh, number one, I got my boy Justin Herbert at 6,800 wow. against the Las Vegas Raiders. It's his first time against the, the shitbag Raiders, and, and and he's home, so I think he's going to feel comfortable. Runner back, my first runner back at 6,200, not too bad. I got Todd Gurley uh, against Denver. Uh, this Denver team uh, gave up uh, how much rushing yards? 200 to Los Angeles, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So I think Todd Gurley could get things turned around. And I picked a guy that I talked about. I'm so happy when I pick a guy I talked about. I got DJ Dallas. I, I just put his card in his Miami rookie card in. And I got DJ Dallas for $5,000 against Buffalo. I think that's a that's a steal. That's one of my cheapest players I got. Um, my first wide receiver, I got Scary Terry McLaurin against the New York Giants. I think uh, whoever's throwing out, I don't know who's the quarterback anymore. Kyle Washington. Allen. Kyle Allen. Um, I think Scary Terry's pretty much the only wide receiver there. I can't really think of any. Uh, Logan Thomas, my current tight end right now. Um, but um, I like Scary Terry personally. He's one of my favorite wide receivers. And then my second wide receiver, another wide receiver I love, and I think he's going to do good, Justin Jefferson from Minnesota at 6,100 against Detroit. Um, Detroit is going to fall behind with no Matthew Stafford, so I think Justin Jefferson is going to eat. He is the wide receiver one there. You heard me. He is the wide receiver one there. Moving on to um, – I forget this guy's name, right? Another wide receiver I got from Steelers, the Dante John- – is it Dante? Deont- I think Deontay, yeah. Deontay Johnson from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's pretty much – Juju's kind of been falling out. I haven't been see- the only time I see this dude is when he when he catches a five yard touchdown and dances at the fucking pylon camera. Like, dude, we get it. You have a TikTok, you know. But I like uh, Deontay Johnson and Claypool better than Juju. They're just been a little bit more consistent. Um, this dude's just coming off a really good game too, so um, I like him at five thousand dollars, pretty cheap. My tight end, um, I didn't even know I had this guy. I had Darren Fells. For the Houston uh, Texans, I think this is a pretty big sleeper pick. Um, I'm surprised I didn't talk about this against Jacksonville. Um, I think that I think he's going to show. I think uh, Watson's going to have the luxury to share the love. Usually, he doesn't have that luxury, but I think this week he is. My um, flex, I'm real happy with this one. I got Naheem Hines, who came out a fucking like a baller last uh, last week uh, with two touchdowns. Um, he didn't have the yardage there, but receiving wise, he had 54 yards and two touchdowns, 4,400. That's pretty cheap. And then I got lucky on my defense and I pulled a TJ Watt card and I got the Pittsburgh Steelers as my defense at 4,900. They're the most expensive. I was able to afford it. And I got the Steelers for my defense with $900 left. Um, the only change I would probably make, I don't know. I kind of like this team. I'm comfortable with this team. Uh, just read me your wide receivers real quick. Who are they? Uh, McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, McLaurin, and Justin Jefferson. My flex, Hines, tight end, Fells, Gurley, and DJ Dallas. I mean, this is a solid team. I really like the Todd Gurley pick, too. I mean, based off what Denver would allowed last week, um, Atlanta could be looking at that, too. So um, a lot of interesting picks. I, I think it's going to be money. Yeah, I hopefully – we're versus each other. Plus, we got a couple bets we're going. Uh, let me just go over the bets we have. I think Antonio Gibson will have more yards than Wade Gallman, and I think Chicago will score more than 25 points, and you don't think they will, right? No. And, and then I think Antonio Brown will get less than five points. We're, we'll bet wings on that, and then we'll determine the dealer's choice on the other two. But um, there you have it, guys. Fancy football this early. Get it out of the park. Um Friday, you know, when you're heading back from work or whatever you're doing, just uh, give a listen. Uh, Lucas, where can they find you on social media? Hey, you guys can find me on Twitter at SugarFreeLucas, where you can see my pinned tweet is the November Thread of Podcast. And that pod, uh, that thread is where you guys uh, can enter the giveaway, or giveaway, the NFL gift card, the $100 gift card for the NFL shop. All you have to do is like, retweet, or comment under one of those uh, tweets. And you must follow Sports Guy David, me, and the Fantasy Sports Cape on Twitter. And that's it. You're entered in our monthly giveaway for $100 to the gift uh, to the shop. David, where can we find you on social? You can find me, Sports Guy David, on, on any social media. If you look on my social media, I am selling a Sports Guy David care package. Uh, it comes with a shirt, stickers, a keychain, and a pin. And all profits are going to breast cancer. Um, I almost sold about half right now, so make sure you get your orders in. Um, I'll if you're local, I'll I'll deliver it to you. If not, I'll just ship it for you. It's thirty bucks. That includes shipping. So um, yeah, just do a good cause. Even though breast cancer month is over, breast cancer still continues. So um, there you guys go. Go ahead and follow the Fancy Sports Cave and all of us here at the Fancy Sports Cave. 
Lucas Reyes, Sports Guy David. You guys have a safe weekend, and we out. Oh, 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 oh,